is episode 54 of the Fire Protection Podcast, powered by Inspect Point. Today, my guests are Potter, is Potter, uh, Amy Leadman, and Bob Tata from, from Potter Electric Signal. Um, dealt with Potter a lot over the years, mostly on the sprinkler and suppression side, but wanted to learn on their, their uh, them growing kind of the fire alarm side and their connected solution side. Um, it's, it's really to see, uh, really exciting to see their growth and kind of how they're approaching the fire alarm market. Um, and obviously it's a, it's a, the largest part of the fire protection market and how they're, uh, how they've kind of gone at it the last 15 years and continue to go after it. So, um, they're both on more of the fire alarm side and the, the software side. So it's exciting to talk about, uh, in telecom and teleview and how that's going to proceed in the future. Uh, we get in a little bit about, um, obviously their devices and everything, but I have some jokes on, uh, on some of the uh, the stuff on Bob's wall in the back of his uh, his office. So um, yeah, really excited to have them on and um, yeah, welcome Bob and, and Amy onto the podcast. Live, all right. Thanks, thanks Amy and, and Bob for joining me today in the Fire Protection Podcast. Um, thanks, glad to be here. Yeah, great. So I've got, this episode is probably not going to come out till November time, but I do have the fire prevention month in my background. It's October still when we're recording this. So just get to have a heads up to the, to the, to the listenership out there. Um, Bob, I know we started the, the conversation. You have a pole station behind you. You gotta, you gotta give me the background of, of where you got that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I always wanted to have one of the, some, you know, legacy fire, uh, fire products in my office. And, you know, gosh, those pull stations are, are pretty uh, notorious. So um, I found it on Facebook and uh, someone had it up for like $30 and uh, contacted my, it was in Lexington, Kentucky. I'm in Louisville. And uh, my daughter was going to the university of Kentucky at the time. So I, I sent her on a mission to pick this up and she called and she picked it up, but then immediately said dad do you know this is like an old piece of garbage like it's really beat up and all these things and i said yeah i'm aware of that and uh, so yeah that's where i got that uh for my office so so i didn't clue you guys in this that is a requirement in rhode island so outside of any commercial or even residential neighborhood those are required still those pull stations yeah. Is is that the only state, Rhode Island? I knew it was on the East Coast. I, there was still Connecticut, you see them in Connecticut a little bit, but yeah. I think I've seen um, them in Maine too. I think there's still some that exist in Maine. It, it's wild that they're like, how often do they even get pulled? I I, I don't know. <laughs> it, it's it's know. it's kind of an old blue law or whatever you want. Yeah, right. It. It's fun. I'm I want I've looked for them too, but they're hard to find. So I didn't know Bob had one. Now I know. <laughs> Take so, your sign and that, Bob. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um, so let's let's you know. I know who who both of you guys are. Uh, Amy, um, again, we're having Potter Potter uh, uh, Signal. I guess what is it? Potter Signal number? What what is what is Potter? Is just Potter, Potter Electric Signal Potter Electric is the a, a full name. Yep, Potter Electric Signal. Yep. So let's yep. give 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 your background quick, and we'll we'll kind of sure. get into it from there. So. Um, Amy and Amy Liebman. I've been with Potter Signal for about 15 years. 
And I'm strictly on the fire alarm side for Potter signals. So Potter is usually known for as a sprinkler company, sprinkler monitoring products that they make. Uh, about 15 years ago, we started getting into our own design and engineering of fire alarm systems. And I came on board um, at that time and am in that division of Potter. So on the fire alarm side, um, I've been in product management training and um, now kind of a marketing business strategy sort of role with Potter. Cool. Mm -hmm. 125 years, right? Yeah, we're that. celebrating 125 years. That's, you know, it started uh, in St. Louis, Missouri is where it's headquartered. And so it started um, as a, like a runner service for security was really where it started. And then it has morphed into um, water tamper, water flow switches, tamper devices. That's what they're known for, the little red boxes on sprinkler systems. Um, and then they moved their headquarters about 15 years ago when they brought on the fire alarm stuff. And um, yeah, they still do that. They're doing nitrogen systems on the sprinkler side. We do all fire alarm and trying to do all the different fire alarm products that we do for systems, conventional, addressable voice, all the things. So, yep. Bob, where, where are you? Where, where do you live? Oh, me? Yeah. So I'm in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. So um, I'm the director of software services. And in Louisville, we have our, our software development team uh, that does a lot of kind of the, you know, head end kind of things, cloud uh, integration. Um, so really strictly on the software side. And then we have another team um, that's kind of our core fire panel team, which is where Amy is located in uh, Minnesota. So, um, you know, we work closely together on a daily basis, but we just all happen to be in uh, different locations. And um, then, of course, our factory, as I think Amy mentioned, is in St. Louis, Missouri. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I guess you can do that now. It's like you can have teams and we're in the same boat. We're in software. We're all over the U.S. And, you know, you see each other every day. It's just this is right. how you see each other, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. yes. So yeah, software comes out of Louisville, hardware design, engineering comes out of Minneapolis. It's all assembled in St. Louis and yeah, it's kind of all over. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah, mm -hmm. I've seen I've seen fire uh the the Potter fire alarm kind of really take off the last five to seven years, and I see them a lot more and uh, the the focus I I come from the, the sprinkler side and suppression side of things and obviously work with 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 Sean Heskett and the team over oh, there sure, for, yeah. for years and years. Yep. And, um, you know, I love what you guys are doing on the fire alarm side. And um, is there, I guess, what what is the core and kind of what, what are you working on over the next uh, or have been working on in the last couple of years? Yeah, I can give you a little, actually a little history on what we've done. So when we came on board about 15 years ago, the very first thing we did was a power supply. Um, that's just works, it's just a notification intended for notification power supplies, turn horns and strobes on. And that is actually still um, one of our top selling items is this power supply. And then after that, we designed addressable fire alarm systems ranging from small to large. And then from that base, we just, um, we made a second generation of it. Um, and it's always adding each time, adding things that the market needs or what we need to compete with the other guys out there. So we're doing that. And at the same time, when we did this, since it was about 15 years ago, maybe less than that for the fire alarm panels, you know, we were able to start from scratch 
with newer technology, where some of these systems that are out there still are using also all these older technologies. So one of the things that we did with our fire panels was put um, Ethernet connection right on the panel. And so um, a lot of times you're connecting to panels through like RS-232 connections or old phone line connections. But here we're connecting with an Ethernet jack just makes it faster to communicate. And because we have a new it was a new design, we could do that. So that's really what um, kind of started all the other things that have come from it. What can we do with that now that it's there? And, um, you know, part of that is, um, you know, just getting data out of the system and then what can you do with it? Uh, you know, then with fire alarm, there's so many codes and standards and, you know, you have to do things this way and then trying to know that, you know, we have to comply with all those things, but what else can we do now that we can maybe talk to the panel in a different manner and, and codes aren't, there's no codes on that. You're just getting data, analyzing data. What are we doing with this data? And so that's kind of changed how we look at fire systems because, you know, it's a little bit different, uh, you know, um, about what can we get from this panel and then what can we do with it um, to just better service it, the lifespan of it, knowing what's going on, all of those things. So, you know, at this point, we just released on the fire system, on all our fire systems have this in there. Um, we just have some, you know, we have voice coming out, we're doing new things along that line. And Bob's team is instrumental because they are the software guys. I will say one of my favorite things about Bob's team and the products that they have, and this is goes back to the years of COVID where there was such a supply chain problem. I always said, I love software. It's always in stock. Yeah. No, <laughs> so, we, have, we have a stock of software. Yeah, we're yes. good with the bits and the bytes. Yeah. That's what, that was always my joke. I'm like, we should just sell a ton of it. It's always there. So um, that was just kind of a joke we had when the supply chain was such a debacle. But, um, but yeah, so Bob's team um, just released Intellicom, which really allows us to do more with that data. So backing up just a little bit, on our addressable fire panels, with this ethernet jack, the idea was putting an IP communicator and it is an IP communicator built into the panel. And cause that's kind of the way communication to central stations was going. Phone lines are kind of antiquated. Right. Um, and there's now codes around that too. So then we released it built in, no longer need a dialer, POTS lines, those types of things. And what we sort of started to learn is that the trend in the market was more towards uh, the ability to not get on a building's network. Yes. Um, it's it's challenging for a fire alarm installer to do that. They're not they don't own it. Um, fire panels on a building's network. There's other requirements for battery backup, types of devices, that type of thing. Um, and those networks can go up and down. And of course, fire panels don't like that. Things beep. And so the trend really was going to like a cellular communication where they could just tap into the cell communication and get that signal out. So we embrace that trend. Um, in a better way even, now um, Intellicom allows us to grab the data off the panel very easily and then use cellular communication to get it to the cloud and then allow the customer to do more with it. And and yep. Bob's team has, has, we just rolled that out. So uh, I know Bob can say more to it. Now, it's, 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 you're, you're, you mentioned that uh, another reason is just security, right? That's, that's mm -hmm. how target was broken into right through the IOT and the HVAC system because they were connected to their Wi-Fi. So sure. um, that's obviously another yeah, thing. People are leery about uh, buildings network and it's just new, right? And so, yeah. and they reset things and they change port names and all that. And fire panels don't like that stuff. They want 
some stability to it and going through a cellular communicator um, does that. And that was the kind of the trend we were seeing that was becoming more and more requested. And our panels um, could do that, but it required dialers and various things. You didn't get a lot of good stuff out of the system doing that. And so we changed that around for our panels um, to better get information out and then, of course, communicate to a central station. That's check that box is done. But then also there's a whole nother layer of data we can get out of this panel and Bob's, Bob's team has got, you know, this whole software base that does things with that now or sure. can do things with that. So yep. I don't know. Um, yeah. 5G is, is big too. Cause we were tooling with some IOT devices at one point and I don't even think 5G was on our radar. So you guys obviously have that on the telecom already. Yeah. So we have, yeah, 5G. And, and I think even to add with what Amy was saying, the nice thing about, you know, they, she came in like 15 years ago, started developing the fire panel and getting the IP port on. And then my team came on about six years ago and really is leveraging that data now. Now it's all about what can we do above and beyond? And if you think about it, like a dialer made sense, you know, 50 years ago, it makes mm -hmm. no sense anymore. It doesn't make sense to do dial capture off of a fire panel when you could do so much more. And that's yeah. the way we thought about this. Like, sure, we need to get this data to a central station. And unfortunately, people are still using things like contact ID and SIA, but we have to live with that. But we don't have to live with that data going to our other cloud services. So we send a much richer uh, amount of data to our cloud services, allowing you know, our ESDs, our end customers, first responders to get very detailed information about what is going on on the fire panel during an emergency situation or even during commissioning or, you know, any kind of a debugging. So that's kind of the approach we're taking is to go above and beyond code. Yeah, that's really cool. So this, this, um, it's a gateway, right? It's a, mm -hmm. Now, is it just connecting to specific Potter panels or can you connect, is it, what, where yeah, is so it? The, so the Intellicom, um, it will attach to any fire panel because it does still okay. have dial capture and you do need to still support that because many of the legacy panels and even current panels coming off, uh, you know, on the market still have dial capture. So it will do that, but only when you connect it to a Potter panel, will you get the rich data set? Because we're not just communicating using contact ID anymore to our panels. We are, like I said, we're getting that data and we are sending it to the central station because that's what they want. But we're also getting the richer data so that now you have the apps and um, you could remotely program our panels. You can, yep. we're always backing up our panels to make sure that you never lose your programming and you're not looking for someone's laptop. It's always safe. Yeah in your cloud portal for you to grab. So anyway, those are the things that we're trying to do above and beyond. Yeah, I, I always like, sorry to interrupt, yeah. uh, Amy. Uh, it's just like, you know, looking at the technician set from 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 my point of view on the service provider side is like, you, you go in, why why do you, why does, why do all the fire techs need a laptop, right? It doesn't, it doesn't need to be that complicated. It, it seems like the technology's kind of moved past that where you need a laptop every time. Yeah, for a lot of the older panels, but it, why can't we bridge that with this communicator, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Fire alarm is always dragged on technology. So it's kind of funny we're talking about using the cloud when, I don't know, the cloud's been around forever, right? And here we are, right? right? Very excited about this, but yeah. um, 
you know, it's trying to, and, and you have a, a lot of younger people coming into the fire industry and they're starting on that installation base and their whole life revolves around their phone and their iPad, their, whatever their devices and making something that they know how, you know, they know how to interface with that. And, and they use that and they're going to use it in ways we don't even know and trying to keep up with that. And, you know, that's kind of a, a new way of looking at things. So, and trying to get other youthful people into the fire alarm industry, which is, you know, a little aged. <laughs> so, yeah. But, um, but yeah, and you know, this, this is all through, um, through, you know, webs and, you know, they have mobile applications and you can get to this information and it's for not only, um, the installer side that can use it in one aspect of servicing things and finding out information, but even on an end user side too, for those, you know, larger places that have multiple locations, they, an, an installer can you know, provide this to their end user as well to help them know what's going on as well. So um, the data is, you know, owned by the the customer and the installer. It's their data. We're just using it or, or I'll say dishing it out. It's probably not the right term, but providing it to them in a way that's easier to understand than a SIA code type of deal. Sure. So, mm -hmm. who, wait, who owns the data? The I always customer. ask that. I, I always yeah. ask that. Is it the distributor or is it the actual end user? Or I'm both? Gonna, the d installer who has okay. the software license owns that. Yep. So, yep. yeah. Whoever's paying for the software license, right? Yep. Yeah. And we try to, you know, we, we, you know, that it's always a concern, I think, out there is that, you know, you're getting all this data. And then, you know, what are you doing with this data? And we actually spent probably an inordinate amount of time with our, with our legal department trying to be very clear that mm -hmm. we don't, we Potter do not own the data. It is our customer's data. And we will not share that data with anybody in any way, shape or form because it is their data. Um, as a matter of fact, we've even done some things where I think I mentioned to you that the database for the panel is backed up. Well, that could be concerning because you might say, wow, Potter could take that and maybe give it to another distributor. Well, we've not only encrypted that data, but also allow our end users to password protect it. And there's no, oh. rules, there's no way for us to get into it. So even though we see that data on our cloud, we, we can't open it. There's just no way that we can do it. So we're trying to you know, bring that across that there's no evil intent here. It's all sure. very good intent that we want to make their lives better, um, yep. make more, more efficient and, and what have you. So um, we're trying to go above and beyond the, in those areas to make sure they understand what our intention is here. No, that's good. I always ask that because it's always, yeah, people ask us, us the same thing. So I want to know, what are you guys doing with my, with my information? Yeah, yep, yeah absolutely. Exactly. Yep. Um, well, I think a big, you know, you guys touched on it a little bit is, is this can connect any panel with a dialer. And I think, you know, from a service provider point of view or the, your distributors, right. You know, they may be rolling with with Potter for majority of their portfolio for the recurring inspection and service work, but there's probably a good 50 to 40% of that, or even more, that are other panels, right? You don't have to be a distributor to do an inspection. So if you're able to connect to whatever panel out there uh, that's not Potter, I think grabbing that information for that inspection, I think there's there's real power in that. and. I've had previous podcasts talking about that as well. So, yeah, I think that no, really we didn't want to. We certainly didn't want to come out with a 
a communicator uh, that you know was only used on our panels. We again, yeah. you're right, something they could standardize on them. On the on the other hand, the other thing we wanted to make sure to do is our communicator does work with our IP port, and you don't need our UD two thousand dialer. But that wow. UD two thousand dialer is going to stay in our portfolio. So if you don't want to use are in telecom, you can still use a third party communicator. Again, we're not trying to lock you out. We think what we have is a better solution, but if you have you know, a different opinion or have a, already a relationship with another communicator company, that's yep. fine. And we are gonna allow you to, I shouldn't say allow you, we're gonna keep the dialer in our product line so that you can use those. So. Nice, mm -hmm. nice. Yeah, nothing's being replaced. We're just, we're adding. We're, we're adding, adding and right. enhancing, yeah. That's and right. I think, um, on when, when used with other panels, since we can't get information, it is just dialer capture. So it's just the contact ID CIA, correct, Bob, that goes to the, yeah, so they don't get not, that higher level of data. We have our eyes set on being able to use that data also so that oh, we okay. connect to another, you know, brand panel. You can, we can use that contact ID with our cloud services. We haven't done that today because our first, uh, you know, priority was the Potter panels. Uh, but the contact ID does have some information that we could use to provide, you know, through our app and our cloud services. And so the idea in Intelecom is, again, like we were just said, continue to add. We are going to be continuing to add services to our Intelecom, and all of these services are included um, with your monthly uh, rate that you pay. It's just for your monthly cellular rate, and then yep. we're adding all these services, but that comes with that. There's not an extra dollar for you know uh, push notifications or an extra nickel to program a panel remotely. It's all part of what we offer. And we think this is the way we think the fire industry should be going. Yeah, I fully agree. It's It's gotta be more of open and collaborative. I think traditionally even coming, you know, I wasn't until I started or co-founded in SpecPoint with the others, uh, we weren't, I wasn't, I, I knew fire alarm, but not that much, but it seemed, it seemed very proprietary, very locked down, and and there are certain aspects and and OEMs that still are and trying to keep it that way. But I, you guys are pushing the envelope to to make it more open and collaborative. Um, I don't know; it just makes it easier for the industry, right? So. Yeah, yeah. I think I would agree that we are trying to be more open with what we're doing, and I think you're going to see some more things from us that allow you know people like yourself and SpecPoint. Um, to have access to some of the data that now that we're having access to on our panels. So um, yep. you know, those are the things that are coming now that we have this great connectivity um, with our Intelecom. Cool. Mm -hmm. um, now with Intelecom, obviously that's the, 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 the gateway, right? What is the software piece that, that, it's that it's communicating with, I guess? Yeah, so Intelecom, yeah, is the hardware piece. We call it the Intelecom Advanced Gateway to kind of differentiate it from just a communicator. But it is communicating with our cloud services, which are called IntelliView. Um, and we and with IntelliView, we have a web access, so you can get all of your data on the web. Um, we also have an uh, app for Android and iOS. And then in addition, IntelliView is now being built into other software products. So we have a programming tool like most companies do a PC-based programming tool um, that could also be going to the cloud at, at certain points. But right now our PC-based programming tool also integrates with IntelliView for the purposes of doing the remote panel programming um, and being able to get all of your databases from all of your sites, making changes and sending them back to the site 
Um, and for those that I know will probably get the hairs on their neck will raise when I say we're remotely programming a panel. It is true, we are remotely programming a panel, but someone still has to be at the panel to enable the download. So we still you know, kept that in place to make sure we're complying with all the UL requirements. Yeah. What it allows, you know, is if you as a company have a, a, pro, a person that's savvy in the programming software, but they're not there and you've got a newer person on site that doesn't know what they're looking at when they download this program, you can easily, you know, move that program without, you know, just use the panel and the gateway to send it or get it or pull it from the, you know, the cloud, make some changes, review it, send it down. And the person's on site that can then enable it and do the required testing of whatever needs to happen based on the number of changes made and that type of thing. So, um, you know, cause you don't, the, the trends in the industry sometimes if you have these the people are very focused on what they do you've got the guy that does the install you've got the software guy and now those things can better be be more efficient in, in how they're um, putting a system together um, so you know that's kind of the thought behind that but yeah you do have to have somebody on site still to to comply with all the nfpa ul requirements yeah nfpa mm -hmm. 915 um i sit on the remote inspection and testing committee and yeah, obviously 72's brought this in, but it, it's getting into that that status. It's like, hey, you can you can do stuff remotely, and obviously a lot of the the newer fire alarm panels are uh, on the market are are be able to do remotely test right and, and and some of that. But you're able to do that, I think, do that software program remotely, like you said. And and since we have such an issue with labor in the industry. Um, it's helping out there because you don't need as many bodies doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, with the, even the labor stuff, that's absolutely correct. Yep. Yeah, and I know you know you've been involved quite a bit with you know the the testing and inspection, and you know again we're we're trying to also support companies like you that want to try to you know, bring apart the one person walk test and get better data and more assurance that the system is being tested correctly. Well, we're the source of that data. And if we could provide some of that data to people like yourselves to make your product stronger, I think overall, it's just a stronger package when you look at, you know, say a, a Potter system with inspect point is going to be a, a stronger product than anybody else's in the market. And so, like you said, the more we can open up, it just makes us stronger. Yeah, mm -hmm. no, I agree. Yeah, and that one person to watch test is pretty. Uh, that's a, you know, I know it's out there. It's funny. I've I've seen like the first instance of these one person walk tests where, it's literally like a, it's 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 like this device that has you you put a another phone or whatever, on. It's like manually pushing the buttons on a panel while mm -hmm. the other person's doing a walk test. So it's like. It's, it's like this weird contraption, but it's manually pushing the button of clearing it, right? Mm -hmm. While there's a video there and the other person doing the one walk test is actually going around and pushing this arm out to push the button, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Come, on, come on, we gotta move, you know. I yeah. mean, that was the first thing like 10 to 15 years ago. Now we're, now we're here with it remotely. Right, and right. I think, I mean, even, I. They can just walk around with the app on their phone, right? During a walk test, Bob, and it, all the they can see the data come in and and work through it that way. And it's like these—that's what people are looking for on these things. So yeah, 
get we're getting there even though acts and, have been around forever right and so. then even in the commissioning like you said you know when you're having a you know maybe you're doing a, a ground fault issue or you have a detector that's acting up on you it's terrible that you have to keep calling back to the pan someone at the panel saying hey did you get that did you get that you yeah. know, app in mm -hmm. front of you we'll see live what that panel is doing um, and there's no need to have someone at the front panel just sitting there with a, you know, a walkie talkie telling you, no, nothing yet, nothing yet. You know, we, that's so again, it's a it's a tool to be used by all people, sometimes for first responders. All they care about is, you know, the alarm and where it is and all those things. But as a technician, you, you care about a bunch of other things. So we tried to create yeah. tools for all the different functions and the life cycle throughout the, you know, the life of a fire panel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so the fire panels obviously connected or through the gateway or the panel directly to Intelliview. Is there any other products that uh, you guys connect to Intelliview? Well, yeah, the, with Intelliview, the first thing that we had done is we created what we call the Intelliview link, which again, it was just a piece of software that enabled the panels to talk to our cloud. And it was a good product and still exists and it is a good product, but it is an extra widget you have to add to the panel to get it to talk to the cloud. And that's why we went down the communicator route because we thought, all right, they're already putting that on the panel. So that's already there. So let's just leverage it and not make our customers buy an extra thing. If you get you know, what I'm talking about yep. there, this way yep. you're already buying that communicator, let's use it for more instead of making you buy an extra thing. So that's, you know, that's kind of the way we go about, you know, connecting to the cloud. Now we have other integrations too that do require separate hardware in terms of Modbus and BACnet and all those things. Um, but those are not really cloud-based integrations they are usually for building management systems and industrial gotcha. systems, yeah. I think gotcha. Intelliview was first started for the nitrogen generators though. Yeah, right, the nitrogen yeah. generators started it all, yeah. So nitrogen wow. generators um, by our sprinkler division, um, they, you know, detect nitrogen or, or rust in a, in a pipe, the sprinkler system. They, and I, I'm not an expert on this at all, but I know Intelliview was started from that to, to gather information from the nitrogen generator and they called it Intelliview. And so when Bob's team came on board, they really have acquired all software that Potter ever did. And of course, all the stuff they've now done and they now you know, um, develop that and, and own it. And so, so we, I'll say piggybacked, or we're just using that platform because so what else can you connect? Well, if in your building, if you have Potter panels and Intelliview or gen nitrogen generators, you know, those are the things from Potter that are, that go right into that Intelliview software right now. But yeah, Intelliview started with the gen the uh, nitrogen generators. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember. I, I know. I, I think I was the number one nitrogen salesperson. I worked. Right. I worked for Viking Supply Net for so for about a, for about a year. So I I wasn't able to get anybody to sign up for Intelliview though. Okay. It was you know the sprinkler and the sprinkler side is very mechanical, right? Right. And it's just starting to get connected. And I'd be interested to see if you've had more nitrogen systems be a connected to Intelliview than five, I'm, I'm sure than five years ago, but how is that adoption going on the, on the sprinkler side? I'd say that the, the adoption there is going really well because the, the connection to Intelliview is built right into the nitrogen generator. Oh, so they okay. don't have to add anything. They don't even need 
be in telecom. So they do have an IP connection coming straight out. And so they can go right to the internet straight. Um, and then there's also no, yeah, there's no requirements for them to have central station communication, or if they do, they're going, usually going through a fire panel. So they can right. go out of the generator right into IntelliView, into the cloud. So that one's built in as it comes out of the factory. So wait, there's a gateway on the, on the generators now? It's, it's built in. It's built. Oh, wow. Communication capabilities are built in. So yeah, those will go on. Oh, that's awesome. Right when they come out of the factory. And so you could be looking at your fire panel, your, your generators, and there's a couple of other products um, that the sprinkler team has that also will integrate to IntelliView. So we're starting to bring the entire product line into IntelliView. So it's not just fire. Um, like you wow. said, it actually started with Sprinkler. So mm-hmm. yeah. Sprinkler continues to grow their product line. We're integrating that into IntelliView. We're integrating Fire to IntelliView. So it becomes our cloud platform. Mm-hmm. Is, is there anything that you're, so you have the nitrogen, you have the fire alarm, you have the nitrogen communicating with it. Is there anything else that communicates with IntelliView or about to communicate with IntelliView? <laughs> <laughs> Bob might know more than I do. I don't, I'm not aware. You know, we're, we develop um, on the sprinkler side, they just came out with their, um, you know, they'll come out with new fire systems and, and if it works, we'll get those connected. So, so I'll say that as we develop products IntelliView's there. And so the concept would be, well, that just is going to be part of these new products. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's how we think of it on the fire alarm side, on the sprinkler side, again, not, I don't actually know what they're all working yeah, on. Yeah, they've got a couple of products too. Like they recently came out with a thing called the leak rate monitor. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the leak rate monitor has an integration. And, and in their cases, actually, we do a little bit more advanced things too. I'd say like we're, we're doing some graphing, um, like on the nitrogen generator, being able to graph the data that's coming into us. Um, also on the leak rate monitor, same kind of thing, uh, being able to do that with them too. So um yeah, we're continuing as new products come out, there's always a, a consideration that they're going to be cloud connected or at least capable of that. So like, and even in the sprinkler side, same thing. Yep. Yeah, you have the hub there. You just need the, the devices to connect to it. That leak rate thing, I think, I don't know, I, there's a huge potential there. Um, again, I, I'll have to talk to to Jason or Sean or somebody to kind of tell me more. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in that because there's some... <laughs> There's some ideas that I have obviously on the fire alarm side too, to put alerts in to essentially roll a truck to get somebody out there. And it, it, there's some pretty cool ideas that, yeah. that we can, we can work on. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's all about connectivity. And again, even on the sprinkler side, like, you know, they're trying to go above and beyond where they ever were before, you know, they, they certainly have, you know, their core product line. That's, you know, like you said, more mechanical in nature, but, you know, they've gone well beyond that and are trying, again, also to advance that part of the market, too. Well, if you bake it into the actual product, if they want it, great. If they don't, you don't. And that's right. obviously, if they want it, then there's that that the subscription fee that kind of comes into that. So, right. That's right. People just people love data these days. And so it's just a matter of getting the devices to have the technology to do it, which on the fireside, we were a little more um agile to be able to do that and then you know the sprinkler side kind of started that on with the platform and you know just kind of go from there provide people the data they want yeah yeah it's uh it's the everybody's connected to the ring or or google home you know (laughs) and uh i think once you can you can self-test your smoke detectors from i don't know 10 miles away i i feel like people 
kind of get it. If they're doing it residentially, why can't we do this in our, you know, regular business? That's right. right. Mm -hmm. Cool. Any, anything else on the, on the, on the, on the product side? I know, I know that's, those are the, the two big ones. Yeah. And telecom was just, was just released at the end of, um, was it August? I think. It was in August. Yeah. Yeah. End of August. You know, and actually at the same, that same week we released that, we released a new part for our, uh, our voice system. So voice is something that we've just gotten traction with integrated into the fire system. It's a silly to talk about there's voice systems all over, but on the Potter platform, it's now integrated as part of Intuit. So that's kind of the newest stuff that we released. Um, we are, you know, of course, working on all sorts of other things to um, enhance these systems. And, uh, but that was just released. Um, it was an amplifier that just sits right inside the um, actual panel. So um, named, you know, we joke about it, call it, call it the movie theater panel, but it's more of a small application panel. It's just one cabinet with an amplifier inside of it. So we um, released the integrated amp. That was the newest thing that we released, but you know, we've got lots of things in the works. So we got to stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> we'll probably have to talk again, I guess. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'll, I'll, I'll get the, uh, the sprinkler team or the Irks or Irks or arcs team on too. Cause I'm, I'm interested in learning more about that. Um, sure, the, the, the BDA is that's, that's a growing um, trend as well. And it's very pocket, very pockety across the country on where yes. that is needed. And, but it always starts that way. And then it starts to gain traction for, you know, BDA systems. And then the ARC systems, that's uh, very centralized in New York. Yeah, it's New York. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Similar yeah, but, name. I, why don't they just name it what, you know, emergency response communication right. system like everybody else. <laughs> as New York does, they have a few different requirements than the rest of the, whatever people are requiring. But yeah, BDA is a, is a, is a, and it's getting kind of lumped into fire alarm systems because it's that low voltage, you yep. know, installation and it's really helping the fire industry. That's the intent. And so it's starting to become something a fire alarm installer is starting to work on, which is then of course, new and unknown and don't know how yeah. to apply. And so, yeah, we've got a team of people that help with design and everything for those new system requirements. Yeah, it's radio versus low voltage, right? And mm -hmm. interesting to, the, you know, I I think I talked to some of your, um, you guys acquired Tower IQ. I think I initially mm -hmm. talked to uh, the co-founder of that and uh, yeah, he was a radio person. It mm -hmm. was interesting, not even in fire, just radio, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, those amplifiers to take um, those, BDA systems, are, I mean, we, we provide FCC training, like we not, we personally don't provide it, but we have a resource that does FCC training because you're integrating to radio systems and that's a regulated industry. So we offer our customers classes on that because, yep. or they have to get certified on that to put uh, BDA systems in the yep. buildings because they're on the radio networks and so. and for anybody not knowing what we're talking about it's oh. emergency <laughs> yeah because they get you know whoever's emergency wireless communication yeah. system for firefighters yeah. emergency response like their their right their radios essentially yeah it enhances their radio signal you get into a building and the concrete shuts it down they can't communicate outside so it really amplifies their what radios they have on their equipment it amplifies those radios and in some areas, there's major requirements to make sure that all in any point in a building, the, the fire department has signal, which makes sense. And so that's what those systems do. And they're, the acronyms have been changing over the years. But emergency wireless communication systems, I was calling them BDAs, bi-directional amplifiers. You know, it's kind of a 
all the terms, but yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. nah, it's fun. Well, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll definitely, uh, I think there's definitely some more episodes that talk about some of that. And yeah, um, yeah before we kind of end this here, I wanted to uh, ask you guys, it's called the quick response round. I, I created it a while ago. So I always ask the guests of uh -oh. <laughs> a couple different questions. It, it's, it's, it's pretty easy. And then we'll, we'll kind of get out of here. Uh, Amy, specific to you, what, what is your favorite uh, type of detection system? Um, it doesn't have to be, it could just be in general. It doesn't have to be specific. I mean, I mean if like it's, as in how things are detected. Yeah, just like a fire uh, explosion, you know, what what type of detection system is like, I don't know, kind of, it's, it's very intriguing to you. I think I like the aspirating detection, actually. It's just very sensitive and it's used in some pretty unique situations. So they also then have some pretty interesting things that are activated by it. So those are the most interesting systems that I think, you know, we don't do a lot of those, but they're they're interesting when you read about them. Yeah, it, it grabs the different chemical makeup of the mm -hmm. air and it, it, before even it's smoldering or smoking, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, it, it's just, it and it's off. used in very specific locations that have a very, a, a large need to not have anything happen. So they're just more interesting systems. That's usually where I think they're, you know, it's an invisible. maybe the, Maybe I'll convince Potter we got to get into all that. Ah, uh, <laughs> <there laughs> <So. you> <laughs> Stay uh, tuned, Bob. <laughs> so, Bob, for you, this has nothing to do with fire. So, I, you're a big horse racing guy, right? Well, I have to be. Yeah, being you have to be. Uh, what What do you think? What What's your opinion on all the, all the stuff happened with Bob Baffert over the last couple of years? Hmm. I think. Uh, Cheating's not good. <laughs> you know, we've had a, we've kind of had a run-in with that here in the Louisville area. Our, our, our basketball team's kind of had a couple of run-ins. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, but overall, I mean, it, you know, when you look at everybody's a, an expert on the horse racing industry, right around Derby time, everybody yeah. seems to know everything there is to know about horses and including me. And then it's just <laughs> a fun time between that and the bourbon and, you know, it's a good time. So it is. It is all fun. I, I, I grew up in Saratoga Springs from there and uh, it's, it's the summertime is their big time. And everybody's a, you know, they're a handicapper giving you their opinion on the, whatever the race of the week. And it's kind of funny. Oh yeah. Yeah. But it's a good place to go. And uh, between going to Churchill Downs or Keeneland over in the Lexington area. Yes. That's I think Keeneland's even a nicer place than Churchill Downs just for a day out. But uh, yeah, I've heard, I've heard great things over at Keeneland. So, yeah. well, uh, let's, uh, let's wrap this up. Let, let, let the, uh, I guess the, uh, audience know where we can find you and some, some more information on the Potter products. Sure. So our website has all the information that we were talking about. It's pottersignal.com. And you can go there actually in the search bar is the best place. I use it all the time. Type in the product we've been talking about in telecom or you know, the integrated voice, and it'll just pop up all the information in nitrogen generators. It's a, it's an, a, it's all the sprinkler and fire products. So pottersignal.com uh, is where you'll can find all the information on our products. And there's some good videos that even Amy has uh, on there. Um, so yeah, I think some of those videos are some of the really good way to get yourself, a, you know, introduced to some of the products. So, um, and I know Amy's done she was kind of the beginning of all of the recording of all the videos, but they're really good and get you started on trying to understand what we've done and what our products do. 
Yeah. They're like short videos. You know, some of them are just very introductory on basic fire alarm and some of them yeah. are introductory on a product. Some of them get more detailed, but yeah, we started to use embrace, you know, videos to do training and it's, it's not, you'll hear my voice, but also the training department's voice doing a lot of those videos, but yeah, that was a really good way to kind of help people new to the industry, figure out our stuff. So I, I actually might utilize that. I didn't, I didn't even know that. So mm-hmm. um, it's a whole a library of, new, of videos. Yeah. Yep. I'll have to utilize that. Um, we have a lot of new hires outside of fire protection. So, yeah. yeah. And even though, you know, some of them might get kind of in the weeds, it's a great overview of just fire alarm in general, because, you know, since it's co- code driven, many of the things that we say are work across the board on any products because right. they're just fire alarms things. But yeah, we did a lot of video training um, and we have webinars actually that people can sign up for on our website too. There's no cost to training webinars. If you'd like to actually have a live webinar, where you can ask questions. Um, we even do training out in the field. So we do all sorts of things to kind of talk about fire alarm and what products we have, but just fire alarm in general. So awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks, Bob. Thanks, Amy, for joining yeah, today. Yeah, and no problem. Yeah, love, love to do this again at some point here in the in the future. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Thanks. This was episode 54 of the Fire Protection Podcast, powered by Inspect Point. I want to thank Amy and Bob Tata again for coming on the, the Fire Protection Podcast and talking about everything fire alarm uh, within Potter and, and beyond. So uh, really cool to see what they're doing to open up the platform uh, within the fire protection community. And uh, yeah, keep pushing forward. Thanks again for listening and uh, like and subscribe. See ya.